It all ends in praise. We've been looking at the book of Psalms and not in many, in, in much detail. We've done Psalm 1, 2, 3. Psalms 1 and 2, that, the gateway, the gateway of wisdom into the prayer life, the praying life. Psalm 3 last week, when we looked at it, was even when we've made a mess, even when we've brought disaster upon ourselves, God is, God is, God is faithful, God is a protector, God is a shield, God will not let us go, even when we've brought it on ourselves. And what I wanted to do to finish this little, very short, uh, very short series was just to go to the end of the book, for it all ends in praise. And I suppose what I want to say is typified by the semicolon. For those of you that, uh, for whom grammar is not top of your mind, a, summer, a semicolon, a semicolon is put into a sentence where, in truth, a full stop could have come, but the author has decided the sentence isn't quite over. The story hasn't played out. And I suppose... In the light of the fact that it all ends in praise, today I want to say to you, don't put a full stop in too soon because the story's not over. The story's not over. It's a semicolon. It's like we need to pause. We're not sure what's going to happen yet, but it's not a full stop. The full stop because the story has not finished. It's a semicolon moment, not a full stop moment. When you want to know, well, what will, how will this all end? You go somewhere like Revelation, to the last book of the Bible, to one of the last chapters of the Bible. How will this all piece together? How will my life and your life and our life together as a country and our life together as a world, how will this all end? I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He'll wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. No matter how angry or desperate prayer begins, no matter how fearful things are, it ends in praise. No matter how uh, things are right now, it ends in praise. And I want to say the other thing about the end. The end is not, what's the end of the, the spiritual life? It's not a silent serenity. It's noisy. The thing about heaven, and some of you, some of you you're going, I'm not sure I want that. The thing about heaven, heaven will not be quiet. Heaven will be noisy. The only time in heaven that you talk about silence was for half an hour. <laughs> the rest, it's people praising and worshipping. It's about people falling before God. It's about noise. For the end is not. <sighs> but the end is yes. When you read the book of Psalms, there's actually five books in the book of Psalms. All right. Now, the thing to say, just this is like just knowledge. 
The five first books of the Bible, the Torah, Genesis through to Deuteronomy, the five books, those books for Jews were like the foundation books. They were the books on which they based the whole of their life. And the rest of scripture was really either reflecting that or calling them back to that. But those five were really the foundation blocks. So it's kind of interesting when the, the compilers of the book of Psalms put together, they put it together in five books. 1 to 41, and then the end of Psalm 41 ends, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. Book 2, Psalms 42 to 72, praise be to the Lord God, the God of Israel. Book 3, Psalms 73 to 89, praise ends, praise be to the Lord forever. Can you see the pattern? Book 4, Psalms 90 to 106, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, every time. And in these books, all these Psalms, it's like, oh God, where have you been? Oh God, why are you letting me go through this? Oh God, what are you going to do? Oh God, will the evil always win? Oh God, how am I going to manage? But every book of those in the books ends, praise be to God. Every one of them ends, praise be to God, except the last book which ends with five psalms of praise. It's kind of like hitting us. And if you read it, you go, oh, okay. It all ends in praise. And in the fifth book of Psalms, 107 to 150, from, if you've got a Bible, open it up, just in case you're, um, I know you believe me, but one, two, three, four, five. Not going to read all of these, but, but look at, Look at Psalm 146. Just, just scan it with me. Just scan it with me. 146. See how it begins. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. Look at the next one. 147. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting it is to him. 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in his heights above. 149, praise the Lord. 150, praise the Lord. It all ends in praise. It all ends in praise. Prayer may be desperate, life-clinging, anxious, but let me tell you, it ends in praise. And what I want to do is just look at three of those Psalms, 148, 149, 150. And just make three really simple points. But I, I'm hoping that in doing it, it'll encourage us. It ends in praise. It ends in praise with creation for his people. And it's because of his history. Let me read 148 with you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord for his command they were created. And he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree they'll never pass away. 
praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted, his splendor is above the earth and the heavens and he's raised up for his people a horn the praise of his faithful servants of Israel the people close to his heart praise the Lord do you ever watch David Attenborough programs and go wow do you ever are you ever driving along and uh, you know when you've got a sort of a cloudy sky and then you see the the sunlight like a shaft of sunlight through it Am I the only person that sort of sees some word from God there? Do you see the, um, the, the, the airplanes in the sky? And when they crisscross, when the vapour trails crisscross and it creates a cross in the sky. Am I the only person that goes, thank you? <laughs> am I the only person that sat at sunset overlooking a beach after a beautiful day in somewhere like Wales? Or somewhere warm. <laughs> Am I the only person that sat at a sunset? Knowing. <laughs> we were once, me and Mags were doing this on holiday once. We were watching the sun go down. And I said, the sun doesn't actually set, does it? It's everything tilting. And she said, shut up. <laughs> Am I the only one that sat there with the the blood red sun setting, going, God, this is amazing. No, I'm not. Or standing by the ocean and seeing the roar of the... And, and I can't help but go, God, you are stronger than that, and yet I hear your power in that. Or you see the, the tree shake. All that's happened is, it's kind of, I think what's going on here in the uh, imagination of the psalmist is a God-suffused imagination that goes, God's in all of this and all of this. I know there's a scientific uh, explanation for all of those things, but sometimes someone needs to tell me, shut up. Because actually all of this speaks of the wonder of God. And the psalmist goes, all of this, praise God. It was created by him, it was created for him, it was created through him, and it gives glory to God, all of creation. All of creation. I wonder, when you see this, nobody really knows, even scientists don't really know what's going on here. A murmuration. What a fantastic word. But what if they're just doing it? And maybe this is too fanciful for some of you. Maybe they're just doing it because A, they enjoy it. And B, because they're praising God. <laughs> maybe it brings joy to God. But it certainly brings joy to us. All those birds, 
How do they not knock each other out? It's a wonder, isn't it? <laughs> it's kind of like, it's a minor miracle, really. You'd just expect a whole stack of dead birds on the floor, wouldn't you, at the end of it? Maybe, just maybe, what the psalmist is doing is looking at that sort of going, God, it's for you. All of creation. It ends in praise. This broken, beautiful, flawed world. The world that is broken still, but will be healed. It's yours, God. It doesn't end with the full stop of tragedy. It ends with praise. Well, I can see you're mesmerized. <laughs> so let me move on. It's his creation and it's his people. 149. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of his faithful people. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with tambourine and harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Let his faithful people rejoice in this honor and sing for joy on their beds. May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands to inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with fetters, uh, their nobles with shackles of iron, to carry out the sentence written against them. This is the glory of all his faithful people. Praise the Lord. It's a psalm of two halves, really. One of the lessons I learned really early on when I was a pastor um, was that um, you kind of when I used to do hospital visiting, which was not a delight for anybody, let me tell you, um, I'd sort of take a Bible and I'd start to read a psalm thinking it would bring comfort and then I'd carry on reading and think, oh, I can't read that. <laughs> so I used to edit it to miss out all the bad bits. Psalms just don't do what you want and we'll come to that in a moment. But, but, what the psalmist is doing He's saying it's not just creation. It's his people, Israel. His people have been at times broken, oppressed. At times they've been faithful, remarkably faithful. And lots of times they've been faithless. They've been rescued and they've suffered. They've been through fire. They've been through rain. How does it end? How does it end? It ends in praise. Hear this, the Lord takes delight in his people. A few years ago, um, the governing body in our church, uh, a group of four people who have responsibility in part to oversee um, those of us who are paid by the church our care and to ensure that we stay on track and help us to think through the vision and the values and where we're going. Uh, one of the things they do for us is uh, every year they do a review with us individually. And a couple of years ago, uh, the governing body asked me, um, who asks me the hard questions? 
who makes sure that I don't go off track. And so what they suggested is that I find myself a spiritual director, someone who would ask me questions, someone that I might um, be able to be honest with. They also then said, could we meet him afterwards to see what you said? And I said, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I've got a spiritual director. I've got a guy. It sounds a very posh word, but it's just, it's a retired vicar who is not really, he's not a friend. He's, I know him now, but, and he knows me, but we're not friends. And once a quarter, I go and visit him for an hour. And he asks me questions about what's going on in my life and... Um, one of the questions he keeps asking me time and time again is, and it's also, I, I now know it's the same question. It's kind of like I've caught on. But the question he keeps asking me is, what do you think God thinks of you? What do you think God thinks of you? When I started, I was kind of, I didn't expect the question. Now I do. My response was kind of framed like, I would like to think he thinks. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, I hope he, I really wish. But the psalm is clearer than that. He's more confident than that. And the psalmist says, the Lord takes delight in you. And me. The Lord takes delight in you and me. And I find it really quite difficult. Um, I'm not an emotional guy particularly. Um, but I find it difficult some days to believe that. I'd rather be the servant. Where someone goes, well done. Than be the son that he goes, I just take delight in you. I may not be the only person in the room that's like that. I may not be the only person in the room that's like that. And so, how does this end? It ends with the affirmation of the Lord saying, Son, daughter, I've always taken delight in you. You're my beloved daughter, you're my beloved son. I take great delight in you. And you, you kind of want to go, God, do you, remember, do you remember these people that you take great delight in? Do you remember when they said to you, we'll do this without you? Do you remember when they said to you, do one? Do you remember when they said to you, we don't need you? Do you remember when they said to you, we think there's a better option? And God says, yeah, you're the ones I still take great delight in. For it all ends in praise. And he crowns the humble with victory. Let his faithful people rejoice in this honour. And then that brilliant phrase. And sing for joy on their beds. I don't know. I was kind of thinking about this. And I'm not sure what was in the psalmist's mind. I mean, maybe you just thought when you go to bed, you'll start singing. If you've got thin walls, that's going to annoy your neighbours, I'm going to tell you. We can hear our neighbour brushing his teeth, so I'm guessing if I start singing, that's going to annoy him. We've not told the people who are moving in that, but um, they'll find. 
But I got this picture that actually one day I will lie on a bed and it will be, maybe this is a game, maybe it's too fanciful, but it will be a deathbed. And I want it to end in prayers. I want it to end in singing. I want to be the eccentric old man on the ward. Singing, shine, Jesus, shine. Because it's the only thing I can remember. And I'm telling you now, I won't get the words right. But it won't stop me. For it's never stopped me. The tune will be wrong, the words will be wrong. But I'll go for it. Because it ends in praise. It ends in praise. It's kind of like, welcomed in. Welcome. I've taken great delight in you. It ends in praise. And then they go and muck it up by this vengeance bit. <laughs> Some of you are old enough to remember the song. Do you remember the song we used to sing? The Lord has given a land of good things. And then we put this verse. What were we thinking of? We put this verse into a chorus. And we said, sing along, come on. <laughs> Do you know what I think is happening here? Sorry, let me just blow my nose. I got a bit emotional. <laughs> I don't cry. Nose runs. <laughs> Who'd expect? Okay. So, back to the psalm. These people are going, God, we are surrounded by people who would do us in. How are we going to get out of this? And the only thing they could think is, they need to go, get shut. And I think their hope at that time was, maybe we'll be strong enough to get shut of the ones who would do us harm. And you can understand that, can't you? I, maybe you can't, but I can. Sometimes you're in a situation, you think, God, I don't know how we're going to get out of this, but God, could you just take them out? The ones who would do us harm. But you know what? Jesus comes. And he goes, I know that feeling, but you know what? There's something more miraculous could happen. And those nations could turn to me. So you go back to Revelation and you hear the kings and the nations coming in. The ones you'd never expected. That's a bigger, better vision. God, will all the evil stop? Yeah, because it ends in praise. Because it ends in praise. Yes, it will stop. You read the end of Revelation. So who gets excluded? The ones who will refuse. The ones who refuse to make peace with the king. But is peace possible? Yes, it's better than you think. It's better than you think. Because it all ends in praise. For you, for me, for us. And then finally, his history, 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and loud. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And it's his history. It's that reference 
to praise him for his acts of power, praise him for his surpassing greatness. What are these acts of power? The Old Testament people, the biggest act of power, they couldn't get their heads around, but it was the one that was foundational for their history was the Exodus. But they'd also lived through the exile and they'd been brought back. For Christians, it's like the cross and the resurrection, the darkest day, the brightest day. The church in a Roman Empire, when the empire wanted to get rid of the church, but the church saw the empire change, the Roman Empire change, because actually the power of the Spirit was at work. We've seen it in our own day in China. The church, the, the Ch- Chinese in the 1950s tried to get rid of the church and the gospel of Jesus continued. I think I've told you this story before, some of you, but it bears repeating. When uh, me and Maggie, we were at college and in, when we went to Bible college, and when we were at Bible college, one of the things that they asked you to do was to go out and there's a little churches scattered around um, Greater London who were inflicted by Bible college students who didn't know anything, but they came to preach. <laughs> Must have been a nightmare for them. How desperate would you be to have that happen every week? Anyway, this 19-year-old went along and uh, can't remember anything about what I did, but at lunchtime, as an arrogant young 19-year-old, um, the worst thing about this whole thing was the afternoons because you had to go and make polite conversation with strangers. Arrogance of youth. So we went along and this lovely old couple said, you're coming to us for tea. And the arrogance of a 19-year-old went, oh. So, off we went. And we sat in their front room while they went into the kitchen to make tea, uh, lunch. And um, there was a stack of books on the shelves by a man called Os Guinness, who you may not have heard of, but... At that time, I, uh, I was studying some of his books at the college, and I thought, arrogance of youth. Wasn't old, what are old people like that, reading books like that? Four. And I can hear myself saying, oh, surprised to see you've got so many books by Os Guinness. And they said, yes, he's our son. And this old couple in their 80s were part of the Guinness family. They were part of the missionary family. Os Guinness is still alive. He's still a primary uh, Christian speaker, writer. Actually really influential. His mum and dad will be in heaven now. But his mum and dad had two sons. They were missionaries to China in the 1950s. And they had two sons. And one of them was called Oz. And the other one was a twin. And when the missionaries were... Uh, expelled because the Chinese government under Mao Zedong said no more Christianity it's imperialism, it's colonial let's get shut of it all they did the long march out of China and one of their twins died on the way and they told us the story they said when we left when all the missionaries were expelled we thought that was the end of Christianity in China this was in 1980. Um, two, three. And they said, but now the church is stronger than we ever might have hoped because God did something when we all left. <laughs> There's all sorts of lessons in there, but the point is we've seen the hardest places in, um, in the world where God's done stuff. We've seen people change. God has not been absent It all ends in praise because of what he's done. Luther King said, the arc of the moral universe is long, 
but it bends towards justice. And of course, for Luther King, a believing preacher, leader, civil rights movement, he believed it's God who was at work. The acts of his power, we've still, we're still seeing them. His creation, his people, his acts of power. So how's it all end? With trumpets and guitars and harps and tambourines and loud, uh, uh, sorry, and dancing and flutes and loud clanging cymbals. That's how it ends. It ends with these folks and people like them just making a noise <laughs> that's in harmony. <laughs> he says quickly. <laughs> that fits together. Where you can hear the flute and you can hear the cymbal. Where you can hear the trumpet and you can hear the harp. Where actually this climax how will this all end it ends in praise and I guess to be honest the reason I was preaching to myself last night was because some weeks I need to hear that because if I spend I need Psalm 3 oh God I'm in a mess I need psalms like that, and there's a lot of psalms like that. If you start reading through the psalms, there's a whole stack of them, but you'll be fine. I need psalms that allow me to say, God, I don't think you're there anymore. I think you've left me. There's a whole stack of psalms that say that. But I can't live there forever. I don't want it to end there. And it won't. It's not a full stop. It's a semicolon because I'm going to end, and it ends in praise. And every now and again... Every now and again, it bubbles up. And even in the midst of despair, the joy breaks. And it's like a foretaste of all that's to come. It doesn't end with a cry. It ends with praise. May we know it. May you know it. And may I know it too. Amen. I'm going to ask these folks to come back and make a noise.